listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. The cream rise to the top. Oh, yeah. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Back on The Pipeline Show, we're going to begin this week's episode with an campus report uh, brought to you by uh, College Hockey Inc. And uh, if you're a player or if you have a player in your family that's exploring all their options and uh, need to know, what they have to do to maintain their NCAA eligibility. Well, College Hockey Inc. is a great resource. You might want to reach out to them. Uh, their website might answer a lot of the questions you might have as well. So go check that out. Uh, my guest this week is Adam Woden, uh, Managing Editor for College Hockey News, also a contributor at EP Rinkside. Uh, Adam, welcome back to the Pipeline Show. How are things? All good. Thank you. Always a pleasure to be here. Well, I appreciate you making the time. And I, one of the things I wanted to talk, we're going to cover a few things, but uh, one of the articles you have uh, recently at uh, EP Rinkside is something I was recently asked about myself, and that's to do with NCAA free agents uh, for this year. And so it seemed like uh, perfect timing, and you're the guy whose brain I wanted to pick about this subject. So uh, is, is there far and away like one guy that stands out of, uh, from the pack that, well, that's the guy everybody's going to be going after this year? Is there is there one of those types of guys this year? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if... If that's the case, I mean, if, if there is, I mean, I guess, you know, I put Alec Rahauser, the defenseman from Bowling Green, on the top of the list. I don't know if he's necessarily head and shoulders above everybody else. The only reason why I would say that would be because he's sort of been on the list for a few years now and hasn't decided to leave, you know, so, and he's had opportunities. So it's almost been like, why hasn't he gone yet? But I guess he just likes uh, coming playing for Bowling Green. I figured last year after the coaching change with Chris Bergeron leaving Bowling Green to go to Miami, that that would be the time when, you know, they finally made the NCAA tournament and sort of got over the hump. And I was like, okay, well, you know, but he came back for another year. So, you know, that's the only reason why I would necessarily put him ahead of anybody else is because he's been on the radar for so long. But, um, you know, there's a lot of guys that are, I don't know if anyone's going to be like this surefire, you know, it's going to happen for him in the NHL. There's not necessarily a guy where I, you know, say guarantee this guy's going to have a great NHL career, but um, there's a lot of guys uh, in that pretty good level that could have one if all things break right. Well, this listing is, uh, you can, uh, readers can find it at epringside.com. You'll have to have the premium package to, to access it. Uh, but what I found interesting was that uh, Rowhouse is a senior. But not everybody on the list is a senior. There are some underclassmen as well, and uh, that's interesting because, as you point out in the in the article, that's where you get often the uh, the big uh, bidding the, the, where the, the the money gets a little bit larger as they're trying to lure a guy to leave early, and there might be uh, a bit of a bidding war there too. Right, exactly, and that's you know you kind of look for it, you know it's impossible to read kids' minds, right? Because I mean, like I said, I would have figured Rahauser was gone last year. And then there's always some surprises where, like, this guy is going to come out and you wouldn't think he would. But you try to kind of read the tea leaves a little bit here. And not just I, – I didn't just make a list of the best ten, but also the ones that I thought might be ones that would go. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? So sometimes you base that on, like, things like age, you know, and that's another thing. So, like, if you have a, a, a guy who's not a senior but maybe is older – that I think that, you know, that guy might be more apt to leave. For example, Vincent DeMay of Northern Michigan as a sophomore has kind of just blossomed out of nowhere this year, but he's already 22 years old as a sophomore, you know, so, and he's got an NHL size body, NHL type of shot. So that's the kind of guy that you look for and say, you know, he might 
uh, be right to be plucked, uh, especially since, I mean, no offense to Northern Michigan, I guess, but they're not on the verge of a national championship where you'd like to come back and, you know, go for it. And the opposite to Vincent DeMay would be Patrick Kordorenko, who's a senior as well, but he's only 21. And that means, boy, right. so he was there. He was at Michigan State as a 17-year-old. That's that's hard to imagine. <laughs> yeah, tell me about him as a player, because I imagine there are going to be lots of teams looking at a, a 20-year-old senior. Yeah, he's uh, you know t- tremendous. As I said in the piece, a relatively young senior, as you mentioned. And, uh, you know, he's just uh, one of those guys who's uh, got decent size, but uh, the, the high IQ, as they say, um, he needed to work on uh, his skating early on, but he's done that, and he always had good hands. And uh, he's not afraid to, to mix it up. You know, last year he played with Mitchell Lewandowski and Tara Hiros, who's now in the NHL. Hiroshi uh, is, but uh, so that line got broken up. I mean, that was a phenomenal line last year for a team that uh, has been mediocre. I mean, they were they were definitely standouts. Um, you know, when I talked to uh, Dave Starman, who you know well, he he compared Orenko possibly to Casey Sezikis, which you know if that happens, it's pretty good. You know, Sezikis is uh, on the so-called fourth line with the Islanders, but really is like a third line center in terms of ice time. And it's probably fair fair for what Odorenko can do. He's obviously got a ways to go to do that. But, you know, he's uh, six foot, 210 pounds. That's that's pretty good. And, uh, you know, they, they haven't missed a beat without Hiroshi around this year. Um, and, and Michigan State is actually playing better in some ways. So, and not because of that, but just having a better season overall. So, yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be pretty attractive. I mean, just because of the of the age there. Yeah, Spartans coming off a sweep of the Michigan Wolverines this past weekend. That's uh, impressive for them in yeah. Big Ten action. Uh, Adam Woden from uh, College Hockey News and uh, also contributor at EP Ringside, my guest here on the Pipeline Show. Now, when I'm asked the question about college free agents, two guys immediately come to mind. They've both been guests on the show, and that's probably why. Uh, Brinson Pashnik uh, from Arizona State and his teammate in Johnny Walker, uh, also uh, from the Sun Devils. Now, Pashnik I know well because he played up here. He's from the, the same small town area that I'm from as well, so there's a bit of a connection there. But this is a good player, and I I like him. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but, man, he's physical. He obviously contributes offensively. And off the ice, he's, like, so calm and uh, and one of the nicest guys you can meet, and on the ice, he's just a he's just a pain in the ass to play against. <laughs> yeah, that's a good description. And you know, I just have a, a fondness for a guy like that who came into that program and stuck with it for four years and uh, helped it become what it's become. I mean, it shows a lot of leadership there, which is something that really can uh, bode well at, at higher levels. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I like a lot of college guys sometimes, uh, is just because you know the the way that they're the way the leadership qualities and what they learned from playing college hockey. And, uh, yeah, I mean, at five foot ten, not big, but then again, right, these days, that's not a big deal anymore. At least it doesn't seem that way, you know? I mean, uh, you point, I pointed to guys like Adam Fox to recruit and guys like that, uh, currently in the NHL. And, you know, he's, he's in that mold, uh, where, you know, as long as you can carry the puck, uh, you know, the, the physical, I mean, like you say, he's, willing to be physical so he can do that but um you know you don't want just a plodding stay-at-home defenseman anymore so he fits right in uh you know his coach greg powers always told me that uh, he was kind of shocked he was never drafted in the first place yeah um you know because i mean i guess because of the size and where he was going but i mean anytime you see him play 
he, he, you definitely notice him. I mentioned how different he is on and off days. He does missionary work in the off season. Like he goes away and does missionary work. I know he got married this past off season, and he tells me on the ice he loves to fight. And he's five ten, and he's playing college <laughs> hockey, so he not a lot of fighting there. So we'll see what he's like as a pro. No. And I mentioned Johnny Walker, and, and here's a guy you describe as a, a perfect late bloomer. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, and, and the stories about him, I guess, are kind of well-known at this point. If you if you read about it a lot, is, you know, how he was in really bad shape when he before he got to college. And that's one of the reasons why he didn't stand out. I mean, he was basically uh, cut from the USHL, told that uh, he needed to get in better shape, and he, he finally just was like, look, I want to play Division One college hockey. So he busted it. And even when he first got to Arizona State, he still needed to, to work on that a bit. But uh, he slimmed down. And obviously that's not an issue anymore, you know, as long as I, I assume it won't become one ever again for him. But uh, 17 goals as a freshman, 23 last year, and just kept proving like week after week after week last year that this was not just a, a fluke or a guy playing against lower competition. I mean, he was doing it against big teams last season and then just continues to do it now this season uh just you know he always had the shot but uh, the question was whether he could you know get himself into sort of a pro kind of shape that he was going to need to be and uh yeah he's again he could have gone after last year mm-hmm. and so it's it's uh, definitely a cre- again a credit i love when guys stay because i always figure they have plenty of time down the road so uh, you know you add that uh, leadership aspect to his game and that just gives, makes it even more valuable to an NHL team. I remember Dylan Simpson telling me one time played for North Dakota he said he would have played five years if they would have let him and uh, <laughs> not, a, not allowed to do that. I'll, I'll never understand uh, the guys who leave too early you yeah. know it's just nothing wrong with staying. Minnesota State ha- has a good team and one of their top players is a, is a German named uh, Mark McAllis if I pronounce that anywhere as close uh, to correctly or Michaelis. Uh, uh, but not a big guy, and he's 24. So do both of those things kind of work against him. I mean, all he does is put up numbers. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say Michaelis, but honestly, I don't know either. So there you go. <laughs> but uh, we're we're just the writers here. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's that, that's a tricky one because I've seen a lot of guys like him that put up numbers, you know. And Minnesota State, obviously, a very good team, and they they prove themselves against good teams. But you know, half the time they're not playing elite opponents so it's tough to compare apples to apples and like you said he already is 24 years old uh you know it's it's going to be a, a road for him i mean if, you know you look at uh even a guy like mason knops to tore up uh college hockey smaller guy older senior for Ohio state last year i mean he's not you know hasn't cracked an nhl lineup yet this year so yeah, he'll get his opportunity to be there, but I wouldn't expect a lot, you know, but that, that's all you can ask for, you know, if you're a guy like him who's from Germany and went to Minnesota State, and he'll get a chance, right, and he'll start in the AHL, and we'll see what happens. Now, in, in the write-up, uh, you, you make a point of kind of shying away from goaltenders. Just uh, they're, they're a bit voodoo, aren't they? They're hard to predict uh, what's going to happen <laughs> with goaltenders. Uh, but are there a few that, that, that stand out for you as at least considerations? Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, it's hard to it's always hard to, to judge uh, some of these guys though who are seniors now. I mean, gold centers will tend to blossom. Uh, some of them, a lot of them, later. So I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing to be the older gold center here. And uh, you know, I think Frank Marat of Clarkson is putting himself on the map. I mean, he he was a player at Robert Morris and had a solid career. But again, you know, they're under the radar. 
uh, being a team in Atlantic hockey. And then he goes to Clarkson as a graduate transfer this year. They're in need of a goalie after Jake Kiley signed last year after his junior year. And Clarkson's one of the top teams in the country this year with him. They don't miss a beat. So that puts him on the map now, I think, where it shows that his game transfers to a higher level and it can keep continuing to do that. The other one is senior Peyton Jones of Penn State, another guy who, you know, it's always hard to tell with him because he would have these moments of brilliance, but then be kind of up and down, especially the regular season compared to the postseason. He's always been good in the postseason, but, but also Penn State playing that wide open style that they play, you know, it's always hard to say, well, is, is it really all his fault, you know, when, when some of these things happen. And this year, it seems like, again, it's a combination because I think Penn State has actually tried to, you know, hone in on being more responsible in terms of playing both ends of the rink, but also, you know, Peyton Jones as a senior seems to have taken another step up in terms of consistency. So, so it's that combination where I think if he is able to continue to do what he's been doing so far all year, he's going to put himself on the map as far as NHL scouts are concerned. Two other goalies I wanted to ask about. Uh, one is on your list. One isn't. Cale uh, Morris at Notre Dame. He should be uh, getting consideration. No, after the last couple of years he's played, where his numbers are unbelievable. The last two years. Yeah, it's. Uh, there's no doubt about that. It's. it's uh, you know, it probably should have put put him on there. I guess because, like I said, I didn't make a particular yeah. you know, particular list uh, with the goalies. That is, I guess he's kind of obvious, but. <laughs> Um, he, you know, he missed some time at the beginning of this year with an injury, undisclosed injury, whatever that was. He missed three games, but, uh, you know, he's, he, when he got back in the lineup, he was, uh, still had some effects, it seemed early on, but he's gotten better and better now. Um, you know, 944 save percentage of the sophomore won the Richter award, 930 only last year, right? So he goes down, but, um, <laughs> that's, uh, obviously still tremendous. And then this year it's nine thirteen, like I said, because of some of those early struggles in the first couple of games. But uh, he, he's gotten it back from then on. So obviously he's going to get going to get a big look. I mean Notre Dame is one of those teams that's so disciplined defensively too that sometimes it's hard hard to hard to say. But you looked at a game on Saturday where he was playing Wisconsin, uh, obviously a high powered team, and he let up four goals, but he also stopped Cole Caulfield on two breakaways in the game. And so that, you know, shows you that when he's needed, uh, he's able to rise up. It's that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's sort of the obvious one just because he's got so much press over the last few years. Now, the last guy is uh, playing at Vermont and a 5'9 goaltender. I cannot see having an NHL future, yet Stefanos Lekis is on your <laughs> list and he's putting up good numbers at the collegiate level. So is this a guy who should be getting serious consideration? Yeah, it's like you said, it's almost hard to believe that he could do that at the NHL or, or the pro level at <laughs> his size, but his numbers are ridiculous. I mean, he, he faces so much rubber every yeah. game. Uh, Vermont, not a good team, but uh, last year, 930 save percentage while stopping more shots per game than anybody. And, you know... That's always, to me, the sign, you know, if it's not just the save percentage. If you're stopping those shots while facing a ton of shots, that's a lot different than a team that allows, you know, 18 shots a game and you allow one goal, you know, and your save percentage looks good. But you're, you're facing 38 shots a game and you're allowing two goals, you know, that's more impressive. And that's what Lekas been able to do. Now, I just, I don't know, you know, what, what, how that's going to translate. It's like, it's hard for me to believe, like you said, but 
I don't know. I mean, he seemed to be able to do it so far. You know, he's an acrobatic guy. Uh, you know, you don't want to compare him to Dominic Hasek, but you know how he did it. But yeah. Hasek wasn't – Hasek was a little bigger than 5'9", so he, he's able to get away with it more. But I don't know. It's, it's going to be intriguing to see it's, uh, if he's able to translate that to the next level. But uh, he's going to get his opportunity, like you said, just because of, of those numbers. Adam, before I let you go, I wanted to ask you about the, the whole uh, news about the NCAA and players potentially getting having the ability to uh, profit off their likeness and and sponsorships and endorsement deals, things like that. And how that I know that's largely more about football and, and basketball, but can it have a trickle down effect when it comes to NCAA hockey? Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm waiting for a story. I call it Chalky News about it, but uh, maybe we'll, I'll get your, uh, <laughs> your your pre-article scoop if you if you can share some thoughts about it now. Yeah, working on it. You know, it's um, like you said, it might not really affect hockey that much, so it's more NCAA wide thing, but it's certainly something to keep an eye on. I mean, it, the coaches that I've talked to so far don't seem to, you know, be worried in any way about it. They did say that. You know, if this opens the door for major junior players to be eligible for NCAA hockey again, then that obviously would be a game changer in terms of NCAA recruiting. So it's really more about whether this becomes a philosophy like where, you know, getting paid to do stuff doesn't doesn't harm your eligibility and if that trickles into other areas. But as far as just the likeness, I mean, you know, if a kid at North Dakota sells his jersey and makes a couple bucks, I don't know if that's going to have a major impact on college hockey recruiting. Um, you know, from a general standpoint, I mean, I'm not, I'm not against that kind of thing philosophically. I mean, it, you know, from a moral standpoint, being able to take advantage uh, of your of of your name and uh, selling things is the capitalist American way, I guess. But um, what I've always cautioned about in articles is being careful what you wish for in terms of, you know, completely just paying college athletes. And that's not where we're, you know, we're a long way to go before that. And we're a long way to go before even the, the likeness rights even get codified. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I was just be careful what you wish for, because in my opinion, a lot of college sports, which, you know, a lot of us love the nature of it, all the problems, warts and all, but we love the, the concept of, of college sports kind of gets might disappear if uh, a lot of these schools are forced to pay because it's not going to be just basketball and football players that get for paid. I mean, if, if they get paid, everybody's going to get paid down to the rowing team. Mm-hmm. And that is not going to be sustainable for a lot of schools. And then you might see just schools stop sponsoring athletics altogether, you know, and then I think that will ruin the nature of college sports. Again, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that from a, whether it's right or wrong, you know, whether it's right that payers get played, paid, you know, there's billions of dollars going in college sports. Someone needs to get the money and, you know, maybe the players deserve a piece of it. Fine. But the ramifications of it, I think are a little bit, uh, I, I'm very wary of that and I don't know what the answer is, but I just put that out there. Yeah. And this could be five, 10, 20 years from now, who knows how long uh, it all takes to, to unfold uh, before, uh, you mentioned uh, the, the potential possibility, at least, that maybe it means major junior players have eligibility still for the NCAA. Yeah. In your opinion, would that be okay? Would that be good? Or would that become then college hockey is the safety net? It's, you know, all the players will go play major right. junior at first, and then the guys who don't make 
you know, uh, get a pro contract out of it. Then suddenly they go the college route. Would there would that be okay, or would that be a bad thing? That's always been why I've been neutral on it because you know you talk to the coaches and thirty of them say one thing and thirty say that. Yeah, we would love to be able to recruit major junior players, but on the other hand, if they're allowed to go there at sixteen, they'll never come back. You know, so it's that's the that's the constant worry, and that's why it's never been. Even though some people say it's logical to give the kid that chance, that's why it's never happened. So I, I guess I I could see both things happening, but I guess maybe you know because college hockey. I mean, I, we've been having this debate in college hockey circles for thirty years, ever since I've been covering you know, in the, since the late 80s. But I guess maybe in the last 10 years, college hockey has become so much more prominent and viable that maybe they don't, maybe that concern isn't there anymore where they don't have to worry about massively losing recruits uh, that are 16, 17, you know, that just go to major junior to start with. I mean, maybe that's not as much of a worry anymore. I don't know. You know, it's it's really hard to say until it happens. That's true. Very good. Adam, I really appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for doing this again, and I uh, look forward to having you on uh, down the road. You got it, man. Always great to uh, chat with Adam Woden from uh, College Hockey News and uh, also contributor at EP Ringside. That's the Elite Prospects uh, prospect page. You can find that. at uh, Go to your Elite Prospects, and you'll see right at the top where it says EP Ringside, and you can click on that. It's just one of those places you can find uh, the Pipeline Show every week as well. Looking at the NCAA schedule this weekend and uh, some of the marquee matchups, you see number six Penn State is hosting number 11 Ohio State in a Big Ten conference battle. Cornell, who is 6-0, they get Quinnipiac uh, this weekend. Quinnipiac, uh, by the way, getting a big recruiting victory, at least so far. Ty Smolanik uh, from Team USA, the U-20 or the U-18 squad, uh, has committed to uh, play for the Bobcats. I believe it's the Regina Pats who uh, hold his... A CHL rights. Number eight Clarkson is uh, going to Brown on Friday, and uh, number ten Harvard is uh, taking on RPI in Hockey East Northeastern. They are ranked thirteenth. Uh, they uh, take on Maine, Massachusetts, and I am really pronouncing uh, Massachusetts a lot better than I used to when it, well, I used to say Massachusetts. Uh, but the Minutemen, who are ranked number seven, they welcome Merrimack. Number 12, Providence is on the road. They will play UConn. Boston University hosts Vermont. In the NCHC, lots of teams who are ranked, but only two that are meeting. Uh, Denver, number four, going up against 20, Western Michigan. Uh, Duluth plays Colorado College. Omaha at home to Miami. And North Dakota welcomes St. Cloud State to Ralph Engelstad. The number one ranked Minnesota State are at home to Alaska Anchorage, and news this week out of a WCHA that uh, Alabama Huntsville has uh, let the league know that they'll be leaving, along with everybody else in the conference, uh, aside from the two Alaska schools. So uh, I don't know what to expect. We'll have to get somebody on to talk about that, what the what the WCHA conference is going to look like uh, two years from now when everybody's gone except two clubs. Obviously, that's not sustainable, so a change, a facelift on the horizon. Uh, once again in NCAA. All right, next up here on the Pipeline Show, it'll be a U-Sport update. Uh, Matt Alfaro, you knew him as a member of the Kootenai Ice uh, for uh, the better part of four seasons before uh, getting traded to the Lethbridge Hurricanes at the end of his WHL uh, career. Well, now he is entering uh, year three of his uh, U-Sport uh, chapter of his career, uh, making full use of his WHL scholarship and uh, playing for the University of Calgary Dinos, leading Canada West in scoring. 
We'll catch up with Matt Alfaro here on the Pipeline Show next. Now near side White. Far side Krebs. Wrist shot. Scores! Peyton Krebs, a wrist shot from the far side and gets by Bailey Birkin. Hey, it's Peyton Krebs from the Kootenai Ice, and this is the Pipeline Show. From the organization that brought you Mark Messier, Matt Benning, and Ian Mitchell, Spruce Grove Saints Junior A Hockey is officially back for the 2019-2020 season with all the action taking place at the Grant Fear Arena in Spruce Grove. With tickets starting at just $15 per person, AJHL Hockey provides some quality entertainment. For more information, visit www.sprucegrovesaints.ca. 